And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds in one accord to draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First, Nehemiah arrives in Jerusalem 13 years after the close of the book of Ezra. His ministry starts from one of the more unremarkable places. It comes from a visit from a relative. Can you say Thanksgiving coming up? Oh, my. I just thought of that. A person would usually prefer to have a sign from heaven to begin a ministry. That's how ministry should launch. But it can come from a simple visit from friends and family and just hearing something that moves your heart. And then next, Nehemiah did something that is now considered a lost art. He listened. He was present when his relative shared with him. Again, another good line for Thanksgiving. Unintended. He didn't pretend to hear. He inquired, how are you doing? And when a response came, he listened. He didn't appease to look awesome. When, not if, you ask people how they are, do your best to actually listen to what they say. They are entrusting you, and so is God. And finally, the wall was down and the gates were burned. I don't care about your political affiliation unless your politics conflict with the scriptures. Here's the reality. In heaven, there is a wall. Get over it. There is a gulf between heaven and hell. In Proverbs 25, 28 states, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. It ain't a compliment. Get it? David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, maybe. Spiritual observations, always. My life's insanities and oive, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. When you do that, it comes to my $1.19 Chromebook right here. You can text us, 214-210-8483. Don't call that number, but you can text during the show, live, 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, Captain Chris will answer the phone. He will make sure you're sailing in the right direction. Now, just think of yourself on a beautiful, really long sailboat, just just sailing into the sunset of the ocean. That's what it's like. That's exactly what You talk to Chris, you feel that way. And then he puts you on hold, and then I get the phone, and then it's like somebody just put a big hole in your sailboat. 
You should write travel brochures. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do that for you. <laughs> Chris, Captain Chris, and is sailing away. Okay. Uh, also, uh, I want you to be aware you can reach out to us. You don't have to stay. Oh, I want to stay perfectly on topic. The point of the show is to encourage one another as we see the day of the Lord getting closer. It's not complex. As we see the day of the Lord getting closer, we want to lift each other up and bless each other and encourage each other. That's it. Don't nothing. Don't. That's our goal. And so you can reach out to us. You can have a question, a thought, a comment, an opinion. Perhaps. Let me say this. Perhaps you have a praise report or a prayer request. Any of those things are awesome. We love them all. And then we also do some Bible trivia. This one's going to be rather easy since our last segment had a little bit to do with the Job scenario. We'll keep on this one. Here you go. How many friends did Job have that came to comfort him? How many? How many friends referenced in Job chapter 2? That's your big hint. I'll leave that there. If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Is there something I'm forgetting? No? Some, some reason. Okay, don't forget to check out the website because on the website is a link to the new website. And it's not perfect, but it's less conspiracy theory oriented. <laughs> That's a good way to say it. If you go to the webs, the new website, you won't go, hmm, when will they land? And whom will they talk to? Okay, it won't be like that. That's number one. And then two, don't forget giving. That's important. We're going to pay our bill on Wednesday so that they're not uh, running behind here at the station. Uh, but I don't want to be running behind after I pay the bill. So you see how that works. So work on that. And then three, keep Levi in prayer. He's doing better, but he's still, you know, he's my dog. He's not the, it's not salvation kind of scenario. Jesus didn't die for Fido. He's Levi. Don't, don't, don't get weird on me. But he's uh, close to Noel and I and important to us. So just keep us in prayer in that. And then don't forget the apps. There's free apps on the site, on the new and old site. So check that out. All right, here we go. Uh, anything else? That's it. Right, we covered that. How many friends did? I don't want to call him Joe Barino. That doesn't sound right. So, uh, how many friends did Job have? If you think you know, call in 972-445-0770. Text in 214-210-8483. Nehemiah. 13 years after the close of the book of Ezra, here's where we pick it up. These are the memoirs of Nehemiah. In late autumn in the 20th year uh, of the king's reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanai, one of my brothers, came to visit me. Wow. How boring. <laughs> I'm not saying that to make anybody mad. Relax. How boring. I mean, seriously? Uh, one of my brothers came to visit me. Yeah, so let me explain to you. When Paul was Saul, he had what we call the Damascus Road experience because the Lord revealed himself and uh, knocked him on his, uh, knocked him off his donkey and then blinded him and said, I got a job for you to do. So for all those people into deep theology who were thinking there was a lot of free will there, in that particular case, knocked on his keister and blind, Jesus said, I got work for you to do. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of free will. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's just not be weird about it, okay? All right, that might be different and different, but in this case, that's how it goes. And that's what everybody wants. They want the Lord to appear. They want rainbows. They want to... I am the Lord, and I'm calling you to task. You know, that's what everybody wants, right? That's fantastic, but that is often not how ministry begins. It sounds cool. You can't have any doubts about it, right? I mean, I remember when the when the Lord saved me. I remember that night. I remember that prayer. And then I remember I went right back out and sinned my brains out the way I normally did. I remember that whole thing. But yet the Lord calls in the most what seems to be insignificant ways. So one of his brothers comes to visit him while he's hanging out in, in, in the fortress of Susa. And he comes to visit, and there's nothing spectacular except during that visit, the Holy Spirit decided to do something that's not expected in a normal visit with family, and that is create a door or a heart movement for the people of God. Now, I know we have Thanksgiving coming up here, and I'll be praying for you guys. Uh, I'll be praying for us. I'll be praying as we'll be visiting family. I'll be praying for you guys, just making sure everything is, you know, as copacetic as it can be and that we can be a good witness. That's really important, right? But pay attention because it's something as simple as a Thanksgiving dinner where you might hear something and the Lord stirs your heart. And if he does, maybe it's just to stir it for you to pray about it. Or maybe it's for you to get involved with it. Or maybe it's you to commit to it. I'm not telling you it's going to happen, but I am telling you to be aware that it can happen. And when the Lord comes knocking, you want to be opening the door. Let's not forget that when Jesus said, uh, you know, I stand at the, at, at, at the door of your, of your heart and knock, he never said that to unbelievers, by the way, even though we use that as an unbeliever poll for people to make decisions for Christ. He said that to the church at Laodicea, not to believers, but to, or not to unbelievers, but to believers. Backslidden, but that's not the point. The point is that God might open up an interesting door if we're a little bit more sensitive. And instead of just thinking of Thanksgiving dinner, which I will now give everybody permission, not ordained of God, but definitely ordained of the radio show, is all calories eaten on Thursday, Thanksgiving, are reverse calories. So every time you eat something, it goes in reverse. Therefore, you can eat as much as you want, and you're losing weight. I have no scientific evidence to back that up, but I don't care. So that is how you're going to do things. While you're there enjoying yourself and doing whatever you can, you can do one of our traditions on Thanksgiving. I've been watching the Lions lose for one, two, three, almost six decades. Anyway, the point is be sensitive because a silly visit launched Nehemiah's ministry. Now, how powerful is Nehemiah's ministry? I think most of you guys know. A lot of you have quoted more than one time in your life, the joy of the Lord is my strength, comes from this ministry. Ah, now we're getting somewhere. Simple visit, simple open door, simple stirring of heart. You might be at church and you see one thing and you just go, yes, I love that. There's a reason for that, okay? All right. Uh, trivia question. Trivia question. Not one, not two, but three 
is the answer. Three friends came to visit Job, and that's how much it takes for a Tootsie Roll Pop to be uh, consumed. You're listening, by the way, to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am, what is the David Spoon experience? Uh, let me tell you what I, I, I'm, I'm, to, I'm torn between the two. I'm twixt between the torn two. You want to know why? I've got the biggest breaking story ever. No, to you be, need to do that first. Uh, yeah. I just can't wait. More than, more than my whole thing about the four-way stop sign? Yep. You want me to do the number one story? That's Ladies right. and gentlemen, you better get ready. Here's what, here's my advice. I don't give this advice very often, and I don't give it uncheckfully. What's uncheckfully? I don't know. Here's the biggest story you have ever heard on the David Spoon Experience. If you have children who are listening, uh, if you are not in a car, it's time to cover their errors or send them into another room. That's how chilling this is. Ladies and gentlemen, I have it off the press literally within the last two and a half hours. Uh, Actually, it's less than two and a half hours ago. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. I have it right in my hands. Get ready. Do not, do not get nauseous when you hear this. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a fact that as of today, the Navy, the United States Navy, officially has made its proclamation. Ready? Ready? Are you ready? Are you listening? This is the most important thing ever. You ready? That Captain Crunch is a fraud. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States Navy has declared that Captain Crunch... I do not buy it. No, listen to this. Here's why. Let me tell you why. Captain Crunch has three stripes on his cuffs, and that signifies a commander and not a captain. So uh, the United States Navy has made it absolutely known today, Captain Crunch, nay... He nay a captain. Nay. Now, it is true. Are the cereal? No. Commander Crunch? Yes, Commander Crunch. That's the new. That's why I told you, don't let your kids hear this. It is possible that that uniform could represent either German or Portuguese Navy. They are not sure because all of those uniforms were lost with uh, their great navies. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple. And there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media. And on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section. And it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video. But you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. But it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience.
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for your next trivia question. Now, I am going to have Captain Chris play the horn, okay? And I'm actually going to have him play it a second time. And here is your Bible trivia question, and don't get mad at me. It is in Job chapter 3 in the beginning. What did Job curse with the second curse? (laughs) What did Job curse With the second, listen to what I'm saying. I'm warning you, you've had the horn, the second curse. And if you need to look it up, I'm going to even pull it up to to make sure I got it correct because I'm pulling mine out of a particular version. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to be pretty soft on this, but think about what the second curse. He cursed initially and then he cursed a second time what was the second curse if you think you know what the second curse that job made see i knew most people get the first one uh you can call in 972-445-0770 or you can text in 214-210-8483 214-210-8483 and or you can send an email david at he must increase.org. I do have somewhere in here, oh, a humorous quip. Well, what do you know? <clears throat> Ready for this? Okay. Got your buzzer? Okay, here we go. All righty. A little girl was sitting on her granddad's lap while he read her a story. She kept taking her eyes off the book and reaching up and touching his old, wrinkled face. After a few times doing this, she finally asked, Grandpa, were you made by God? Yes, dear, he replied. I was made by God a long time ago. The little girl paused for a moment and then asked, And Did God make me? Well, of course, dear, replied her grandfather. God made you not long ago. The girl felt her own face and then her granddad's again, thought for a moment, and then said, God's getting better at that, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Come on. God's getting better at that. Nothing? Nothing? That was pretty good. I did. <laughs> God's getting Betsy because his was on. Okay. Some people are like going, I don't get it. Okay, let me explain. I'm not going to explain it to you. I'm just going to leave it there. We're going to go back into the text. This is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful portion. And I want to talk about this. This is something that I actually learned not in the church. I learned this in the business world. Isn't that weird, what I'm about to teach you? But it's in the text. It's one of those things. So let's go back to the, the story. Uh, I was at the Fortress of Susa. Uh, Hanayambert, one of my brothers, came to visit me 
with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had survived the captivity and how things were going in Jerusalem. And they said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They're in great trouble and disgrace. Now, I want to point something out, and this came from a book that I read uh, that had to do with people that engage with other people like in communication. I, I I'm aware of it. I've taught on it prior, but when I read it in the book, uh, Eric's the first one to actually get the right answer. Uh, I, when I read it in the book, it dawned on me how bad I am at this. And so I challenge you not to do as I do in this case or not to do as I have done in this case. Okay. Joy stepping in right after that. Okay. Good job. Here's what it is. When people talk to you, all too often, just like on radio and on television or whatever is going on, you're already thinking about something else while they're talking to you, while it's happening, so that you can have whatever you've got planned coordinated. So in other words, let's say Noel and I are talking. Okay, I'll use me as the bad example, and then you can learn from it. And Noel is going, well, you know, at work, uh, they uh, they changed our health insurance, which they did, and uh, and now it costs five hundred dollars more a month for you to be on it, which it does. And uh, and so we're talking about that. And my brain left the conversation, and I went to me before the Lord, going. You know, please, sir, I want some more (laughs) because it's like, here we go again, right? But she's still talking, but I'm not present. I've listened to what she said for a line or two and then went to my place while she's still talking. Guess what? That's wrong. Guess where we do that more than anywhere else? At the church. Don't ask people how they're doing if you don't want to know. It's hypocrisy. I know that's terrible to say that, right? It's okay to say hello. But if somebody says, how are you doing? You give them the truth if they want to know or if they're really asking. And if you're the person saying, how are you doing? You be quiet and you listen. Because somebody might share with you, and God has coordinated that, and you're the steward of that information. And I am, I'm probably, and the worst part, I'll tell you the worst part, when I was pastoring and getting ready to preach, and then people would start talking to me about things. That was like the worst, right? Which is why a lot of pastors don't even show themselves until they're done teaching because they don't want to be distracted. There's nothing wrong with that except for it's better to go, you know, I'm I'm going to be, you know, doing this sermon and I want to give you my full attention, but I can't do it right now because I'm very, very distracted. In other words, you got to communicate, tell the truth. And if somebody says, how are you doing? And, and, and you answer them and then you ask them how they're doing, be quiet and listen and engage. So Nehemiah is like, well, how's it going, bro? And his brother goes, not good. How not good? Really not good. <laughs> it's like, wow. And then dissent it goes, right? But why I'm saying that, and you think, well, that's such a stupid thing or such a simple thing. Yeah, I know, but we're failing at it miserably. 
And people walk into the church. And I'm not talking about. Let me let me say this real quick because I'm gonna just say I'm gonna don't care. There's a couple of people out that go into different ministries that are professional poor people. What that means is they go in and they go, uh, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. Can you donate anything? And then they give you somewhere to donate. It's like a funder or it's a PayPal or something like that. And then you know what they do next week? They go to another church and they do the same thing. They go to another church doing this because they work one day every week. It's on Sunday trying to get money off of people. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about you paying attention to that. But when you have somebody in church and there and you say how you're doing, you be present for that conversation and find out how they're doing. And you want to know how do you can tell if you're actually doing that? If you ask questions. That's how you can tell. Um, that's not even that genius, not even brilliant. Here, he meets with his brother, right? And so he says, yeah, I asked them about the Jews who'd survived the captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. He asked. He's like, he's inquiring, what's going on? Well, this happened, this happened. Well, why? What? I mean, there's an, an interest, a care, a concern. And why that's important is because we do the, uh, is it tertiary where you just go, how you doing? Fine, 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 fine. It's like, this is the worst thing. That's not real Christianity. That's fake. And some people say, well, that's the courteous thing to say. No, the courteous thing is, how are you doing? Well, this is happening. This is, well, let's pray right now. That's concern. That's compassion. That's care. Jesus never said, how are you doing? You know what? Send me an email about it in about three or four weeks, and I'll let you know what I think. I don't know. Did Jesus ever do that? I don't think he did that. People would bring something to him, and you know what? Do he respond? Because he cared. And you want people to care about how you're doing and how you're feeling. I know, I'm harping on it, but it's right here in the text. It's so like, and I read this book, and, and this thing about being present is so true. I, I'm so bad at it. I could say, well, it's my ADD, my ACDC, my ESP, I don't really do ESPN anymore, uh, my ESEN or whatever. I, I, it's none of that. It's I'm not courteous enough to shut it down and just to be quiet and listen. That's what it is. I'm rude. And love is not rude. That's it. There's nothing. There's no excuse for it. Listen to people. Let them know you hear it. Nothing worse than that happening. Then, you know, then, then when we're just in a dis different place and they're trying to pour their hearts out and we don't even know it because we're not paying attention. Let's stay away from that stuff. That's what I'm trying to say. That Nehemiah pursued his brother, asked questions, tried to get the information, and his brother told him, hey, you know what? Things are not fine. And that was important. And again, that also helped launch his ministry. Okay, uh, trivia. Now, I know we're going to have a little bit of controversy here, but then again, I, I kind of like that. Uh, Job chapter 3, verse 1. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. What's the first thing cursed? The day of his birth. And Job spoke and said, May the day perish on which I was born. And the night in which he said, A male child is conceived. He didn't just curse the day of his birth. He cursed his parents getting together to create his birth. Okay? That's the number two. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. 
The David Spoon Experience. I am such a sinner. Not just a sinner. I am such a sinner. I'm like the biggest sinner ever. That's how I felt. And then it was the understanding that God really cared about me. And therein lies the key. Because God did care. He does care. And it's the same for you. You're listening to me. He does care. And that pain you're going through, it makes him weep. And you might say, well, you can't back that up spiritually or scripturally. Yes, I can. John chapter 11, verse 35. Jesus wept. Not for Lazarus. Lazarus was getting up in five minutes. But all the grief and the pain around him. Come on. God has a heart. His heart's bigger than your heart. So here's part of the things that I, I mean, I'm skipping I'm skipping light years. I'm just going past it. But it's like when that guy started crying and I started getting mad and then he said it was, this is how the Lord feels for you. And this is the, the Lord's heart for you. It just showed me I'm so hard hearted. I'm, I'm like, a, I'm like, a, I'm like a, a, a rock, but not in a good way. You know, I'm like a, like a dumb rock. Like, oh man, what's the matter with me? And so you know what he did when he was done doing that? Because now I'm gone, right? Because now you, how do you think after after that happens, how do you think I feel? Okay. So now I'm like, please pray for me. <laughs> That's right. Because I'm just lost. And he prays for me. And it's powerful. It's like, you know, it's unbelievable. It's just really, very, really powerful. Here's the thing that leads up to it. Now, are we ready? Because that is the, the powerful point, especially when he cried. But it turns out that I went to that church for a little while. You want to hear something absolutely, positively, mind-blowing, amazing? Three months later on a Sunday night, I was preaching in that church. And I was preaching Romans 116, the very first thing I ever taught in my life. In that church, in Pastor David Huntsworth Church, Abundant Life in Dillon, Colorado. And I'll tell you one thing that I hope you really hear. And that is that one experience so affected me, I was never the same person again. It just showed me that God really does care. We're pretty hard-hearted. Yeah, we're kind of, we're mashugi from time to time. Not God. He's totally awesome. Sometimes Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Don't forget it's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. A lot of people are like going, what? On that last one. I really do like the NLT, a New Living Translations translation of it because it's very specific. You know, curse the day that I was born and curse the day that, that I was conceived. It's like, okay. <laughs> and then he, he goes on to say this funny thing. I just was telling Kevin Chris. He's like, may God forget the day. Okay, none of those three things are happening. <laughs> so you can know. Like he might say it all he wants. But remember, in the first two chapters, Job is stellar. In chapter 3 to 31, 
Okay, that's what happened. All right, here's your next trivia question. Why did Job call his wife foolish? Why did Job call his wife foolish? Or, if you like the other translation, why did Job call his wife ungodly? Or why did Job call his wife, whatever you want to put in there in your translation, why did he do it? If you think you know, you can call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.com. Org. You can also do that. We will send you to the website. On the website, it's a link to the new website. Either website will work if you want to be a giver. There is, it's uh, the new site's much cleaner, much more precise. Even since you've seen it, I added a whole bunch of stuff. I actually, I, I will give my son the credit he deserves. He helped me with five percent of of a hundred percent. That's all he gets, though. And so it's much cleaner. There's stuff on the top. There's stuff that works on the mobile, works everywhere. Check it out. Go to hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, just to make sure everybody knows what the last uh, trivia question is, where uh, Job's wife, uh, Job said to his wife, you speak as a foolish woman speaks. Uh, One translation is ungodly woman speaks. Why? Why did he say that? Uh, If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770-214-210-8483. If you want to text, let's do a little bit of our history. Let's go All right, now there's a couple things that I'm going to read. I, I'm not I'm not advocating them. I'm simply talking about history, okay? Does, does, does everybody understand that? When we go over history, it's not Dave advocating the history, supporting the history, just simply pointing out the history. So, like, when I mention a cartoon starts or something like this, nothing, uh, nobody needs to, you know, freak out about it. So it's okay, okay? All right, take a deep breath. Should we do the call first, or should we do the history? Let's do the history. All right, let's do the Which one? Yeah? What do you think? Okay. Can that person hold? Okay. He's going to check to see if the person can hold. Must be, it must be a high, diplomatic, influential person for Star Trek. Uh, huh? They'll hold. Okay. Today is, and I like this, Humane Society Anniversary Day. So we helped when Bert was a rescue. Uh, we didn't get him from the Humane Society, but we're, we're, we support the rescue uh, efforts. We also support people that want to do it differently. We Levi was uh, kind of a rejected dog who was bred, and then Bert was just completely rejected. So, you know, we like that, and we got really blessed with both dogs. We're happy about that. Uh, today is go for a ride day. I don't know what that means. I think that means get in your car and just go for a ride, just kind of relax. Sometimes getting away is a great idea. We talked about that last week. And then today is uh, something I don't understand, although I'd love to try it. It's called Start Your Own Country Day. I'm not <laughs> sure that ends well. <laughs> It's just, there's nothing in that that you could really, right? Okay. On this day, unfortunately, in 1963 in Dallas, Texas, this was the day United States President John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Okay. 
Uh, so that's not a good thing. Uh, 1995, on this day, the movie Toy, Toy Story was released by Pixar. Uh, 1999, and I made, mentioned this because I'm a, a hockey fan, Wayne Gretzky was inducted into the Hall Hockey Hall of Fame. His number 99 permanently retired in the NHL. He is the only player that could be on the same stage as Gordie Howe. That's all I can say. He, he was a pretty fascinating player. I had a friend that met him uh, by accident on a golf course in La Jolla and uh, spent just like 15, 20 minutes, and then he was <laughs> he didn't know who he was. Well, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm retired. What did you do? I played some hockey. What's your name? Wayne Gretzky. Okay. <laughs> Nothing like going to California. People go, you're who? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, all right, what are we doing? We're going to do our, the caller on our trivia. Let's do that. This is David. Who am I talking to? David, this is Ace. Hey, um, brother Ace. How are I you? Thought, yeah, I'm doing all right. I thought I'd break the silence and let you know the phones are working. <laughs> Everything's okay. You're so funny. You're so good at that, too. It's It doesn't bother me, but I do want people to be able to call in. But I love that you're like, okay, that's enough. Let's call. Somebody's got to call in and yeah. respond. Okay, trivia hey. question. Why did Job call his wife foolish? Because she wanted him to curse God and die. And that is mama. correct, Amanda. People forget that what Job went through, she went through, but her response is, curse God and die. And he's like, you talk like a foolish woman. That's not how you do things. And it's just like, Amen. that was just straightforward. And people forget that she did go through. It was her kids who died, too. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, that's not a mystery. But uh, exactly right. Job stayed faithful, especially chapter one and two. It's very specific. And one of the things at the end of chapter two says, uh, in, in all this, Job said nothing wrong. That's before it talks about his, his, his friends coming to see him. It says, in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. So in the first two chapters, pretty strong stuff. So when I read Job, would I be wrong if God says that these three friends of his was not telling him words that were good, and I just skipped through the, through the part where it says Eliphaz said this, and I said, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to read that. I'm going to just read what Job says. Is <laughs> yeah. that wrong? Yeah. Nah, <laughs> here's the thing about that. They, they, I actually did a study on this this morning. Their intent was good because they went to comfort him, Right. But right. as soon as Job said, this is just awful, they fell off the rails. And it's just like, mm. that's what happened. So I, their initial intent sounds great. They came to comfort and to console him, but they were bad at it. <laughs> so it's, like, it's kind of like they were miserable comforters. That's why you don't have comforters in the scripture. <laughs> they were bad at it. Hey, yeah, exactly. there's only one comforter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excellent hey, job, bro. Well, I just want to let you know, we're not dead out here yet. We're hanging on. Uh, <laughs> we're hanging on. Uh, so pray for salvation of souls and uh, pray that uh, Yahweh sends uh, our, our great Savior back as soon as possible. <laughs> amen. Amen and amen. I hope it's before the end of this show. Trust me. God bless amen. you, brother. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. People have asked me, do you really want that to happen? It's like, absolutely. You don't want to see? No. <laughs> you, no. That, no. Just so you know. Uh, back to the text. Here's the text. I'm only going to talk about, I'm glad this shortened up, and I'm glad he's called because this is really easy to get through. Uh, so when he was talking to his brother, Nehemiah, he said, they're in the brother said, they're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down, and the gates have been burned. 
Okay, I just and I won't comment long. I don't care about your political affiliation, but the idea that walls are something that the Lord doesn't espouse to is anti-biblical. If you read the book of Revelation, there are walls, okay? And that's in post-resurrection Jesus time. And there are gates at the walls. And the idea that, that there shouldn't be walls, I could care less about your political affiliation. Don't try and drop on God what your fake righteousness is. It's baloney. If you didn't believe in any walls whatsoever, just keep your front door wide open all the time. Let's see how that goes. It's like such a it's such malarkey. And I watched this woman, uh, this Hollywood person, I am not kidding you, talk to this moderator and say, if heaven has walls, then that's not the heaven I want to go to. Don't worry, you won't be. But get some burn lotion because you ain't going to like the other place. <laughs> it's like, how ridiculous that people will tell God how it's going to be. God created the universe. He can write a book. In his book, in the New Jerusalem, there are walls. Like, that's it. Just stop. Stop it. It's an embarrassment to a city not to have walls. Proverbs 25, 20. Just read the book. I don't care if you're political. Use the Bible as your standard of spirituality and truth and not perceived or attempted righteousness. Okay? It's just, okay, fine. Does that justify everything everybody's ever done? No. But don't don't put one in with the other. Keep that keep that separate. And there was a disgrace. And Israel went back to they were they actually went back for the purpose of rebuilding the city, reestablishing the walls, reestablishing the gates, putting up uh, a protection so that they could be okay. And they did that, and they let it collapse. Kind of like when you and I take this attitude and we build up our spirituality and we stand really strong in it and we're really fervent before the Lord and nothing's gonna move us, and then we just let it just crumble. Same story, different uh, different picture, same story, so to speak. All right, folks, you are listening to the David Smoot Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. 
to support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Do you think it's been, organizational leadership has been a good thing for church leaders? Well, it, oh. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's a penetrating question. The answer is very simple. If used correctly to add value to people and serve others, it's a good thing. If used incorrectly, it's not a good thing. And, uh, you know, when people talk about everything rises and falls on leadership, I teach them often that it rises, but it also falls. And nothing is better than for people to have a good leader, and nothing's worse than for people to have a bad leader. And the, to me, what, what makes servant leadership work is this. Most leaders put themselves first before their people. And so it is a me uh, motivation as far as leading. What's in it for me? Uh, I, I travel internationally with my uh, company, Equip. And, and uh, in fact, I'll, I'll leave Sunday for Guatemala. In fact, I'll be meeting next week with the president and the cabinet of Guatemala. And when I'm, when I'm with these leaders alone, David, alone, I mean, no, no handlers, no media, nothing, but just alone. The question I ask them, which is, I think, the true servant leadership question is, Will the people be at better off after you've served your term as a leader than they were before you got there? Wow. And I think that's – and when the answer is yes, you have been a good leader, it has been a good thing. Organizational leadership, good thing. When the answer is no, bad leader, bad thing. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. I'm going to give you a very wide open opportunity to answer a trivia question. Okay? Okay. Ready? Okay. Ready? Name one of the three ways. Oh, see, the one out of three. That Job's friends demonstrated their sharing in his grief. Name one of the three ways. They did three things. One's kind of simple, but there's three different things. Name one of the three. Al says they brought him a Whataburger. I don't know, but uh, that could be. Did they have Whataburger back then? That's a long, long time ago. Uh, bottom line, what was one of the three ways that Job's three friends shared or showed their shared grief with Job? Okay? And, I, and let me give you We already did this set for seven days, so I need it before that So I, for, for everybody. The things they did before. Uh, well, was it before them? Uh, that's a good question. No, they did this before they sat for seven days. One of the three ways, okay? So for Alan, for Kirk, you got to resubmit. 
Sorry. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 214-210-8483 is the way you text in. If you want to call in, 972-445-0770. What did they do? It's towards the end of, the, of Chapter 2 in Job, trying to kind of look, uh, look right around, I don't know, uh, verse 12. <laughs> Job Chapter 2, verse 12. Hint, hint. Hint. Uh, also, don't forget to check out uh, the website, which has a link to the new website. And we want you to check that out and uh, get uh, connected to that because we're going to be shifting our hemustincrease.org to that. Go to hemustincrease.org. We'll play it one more time just to make sure everybody knows. Hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook. He must increase ministry. YouTube. He must increase ministry. All right. So the the bottom line is they did three things on this trivia question. I know I asked this question bad. It's always if I don't write it out, I ask it just terrible. Okay. So look at Job chapter two verse twelve and pick any of the things in that verse and then tell me. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, what did they do? They they did three things. <laughs> three, one of those three. I'm just going to read it when we're done. I can tell that's happening. Uh, that's done. That's done. I got nothing there. I will say that Mark, our pizza guy, we call Mark the pizza guy, just in case you're trying to figure out. We have, you know, that's right. Back in uh, San Diego, we had parking lot woman. She would listen to the show, pull into the parking lot, and then call from a parking lot every time she wanted to ask a question. We called her parking lot lady. She was on the very last show in San Diego. It's parking lot, lady. Uh, he made a comment about me revealing that I'm a Lions fan and that I should be a Dallas fan, although he made fun of Dallas by saying that they can snatch the jaws of victory, <laughs> uh, the, the jaws of defeat out of the hands of victory. Like, they're really good at that. Let me explain to you something about being a Lions fan. I have the privilege of being the only NFL team to have a perfect season and a real legitimate shot at another one maybe next year. That's the 0-16 season. <laughs> Didn't win a single game. You know what we all said? Only go better. <laughs> and actually, we did say this. Couldn't get worse. Could be the same. Just couldn't get worse. 0-16. Come on. If it wasn't for the Red Wings, I think we should wipe Michigan off the map. Okay, uh, let's get into the teaching before people get me going down this road. Here is the final thing that happened with Nehemiah after he heard what his brother had to say. It says, when I heard uh, that the walls had been broken, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days, I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Mourn, fasted, and prayed. There are three. It's funny because we're doing three things on on Job's friends, and it's an ironic element there. But when Nehemiah heard what was going on, he was it, w- it was wounding. It hurt him. He mourned for he cried. It's it's like the weeping, right? He then he fasted and then he prayed, and. I think, and then the Bible says that he sat down, which, by the way, we need to make sure that churches stop telling people how to posture when they pray. One of the stupidest things ever. Stand, sit, kneel, lean. The Bible does all of it. People throw themselves on the ground. They jump up into everything. Stop. Nobody cares. 
Okay, God doesn't care. Why do people care? Okay, I can never figure that out. So he 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 he's just it's just overwhelming for him, and he he sits down and he weeps, and he mourns, and he fasted, and he prayed. At no point on this show have we told you you should always smile. You should all, everything is always perfect. That is just not the case. It's just not how the existence goes. This is a sinful world. We have redemption from a sinful world, but we still live in a sinful world. And even though we've been delivered from the penalty of sin, we still, like the book of James says, need healing from our sins. That's why we pray for one another, because sin still beats us down badly and wounds us. And we need to get this mindset going that it's not about positive confession. It is It is about faith, and it is about trusting, but it's not about you smiling at everything. It's about you lifting your eyes through everything. In this case, it was a devastation because the people of God had blown it. And that hurt Nehemiah. And I want you to know that any time you hear about anybody who represents the church and they did something wrong and they plaster it on the news and they make the biggest possible deal of that, they, of course they say nothing about you know anybody else who does it, just the, 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 the ministers, you, you should never be happy that you should weep because it's a terrible testimony towards the people of God, even if the person is, 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 and in times I would agree with many people, it's kind of like, eh, that person's kind of sketchy. I got it. But that representation and that devastation doesn't advance the kingdom of God. Well, that's a bummer. And when we have people that, that aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, I almost think, and I'm going to say something extremely controversial right now, I think in almost every church— there at least should be some people that are able to sit down and weep and mourn and fast and pray for what's not getting done. How about that? That's the burden that I think the Lord puts on us to reach the world and to touch people and to help them. I'm not trying to be a downer. You know me. I don't like that. You know I'm not like that. But there should be this spirit that's a, this attitude. Let me rephrase that. There should be this attitude that says we can do so much more. You know, there's more to do. Remember what Jesus said? After you've done everything there is to do, you know, he gives that parable teaching. Then say we are unfaithful servants. It's like it's like there's so much more that can be done. Remember the movie Schindler's List? I wish I'd done more. I wish I'd done more. We ought to have that. Because there's so many more people that we could touch with the love of God and the compassion of God. You know when you're done? Never. I will just solve it for you. You know when you retire? Never. Not in the kingdom of God. You can retire at work. You retire from sports. Like, I won't be going skiing anytime soon. Because <laughs> I don't have a need. I can do it. But you don't retire from the kingdom of God. Ever. And it probably is kind of an interesting element that we don't weep very much. And the trivia question, as dumb as I am, watch this trivia question and watch what the answer is, right? 
Watch this. Job's three friends, uh, they had made an appointment together to come and, and mourn with him and to comfort him. This is verse 12. And when they raised their eyes from afar, they did not recognize him. And they lifted up their voices and wept. And each one tore his robe and sprinkled dust on his head toward heaven. They were in mourning and they were in a devastation mode for the sake of somebody else. It didn't happen to them. They didn't lose their kids. They didn't lose their wealth. They didn't lose their business. They didn't. But their friend had been stricken. Not understanding why, not understanding what's going on, they still associated with his pain. Now, isn't that funny? Because when you read Nehemiah, and that's their trivia answer, right? So it could have been any one of those. They could have wept, tore their robe, or threw dust in the air. And by the way, dust in the air is because uh, man was made from dust, just in case you're trying to figure out where that connection is. But look at what happened with Nehemiah. Uh, after his brother, he said, How are things going? Things are not going well. For those who return from the province of Judah, they're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down, and the gates have been burned. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days, I mourned, I fasted, I prayed to the God of heaven. It's like That's like the same thing. Like, yeah, yeah, that's how we should be when things are not the way they ought to be. How about that? How did trivia ever connect to the... Only the Lord could make a weave like that. I can't even do a stitch, <laughs> let alone a weave. Okay. All right, that's it, folks, for a Monday. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, 22 and a half hours. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.